Welcome to Get Up In The Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. It's week two of Get Up In The Cool month. I've been saving these episodes for this very special occasion in hopes that you'll be moved to support the show, which is why this week's friend is Laurel Primo. We recorded this at Clifftop at the tent of my friends from Long Point String Band. Thanks for hosting us. Get Up In The Cool is primarily funded by its listeners. If you're supporting the show on Patreon, thank you so much. Shout out to Brendan Carson and Josh Nestor for signing up last week, and John Weaver, who raised his pledge amount. It means a lot to me. Very few podcasts can survive unless they're free for everyone to download, but it costs a lot of money and time to make a podcast, maybe especially this one. <laughs> I really do need your help. Patreon supporters get special rewards for helping out. Sometimes I make full video episodes, and Patreon supporters get to watch those. My guests and I always record an extra tune for the Secret Bonus Track podcast. For this week's extra tune, Laurel and I had a really fun and spontaneous jam on Eck Robertson's Lost Indian, and I would love for you to hear it. And there's some really cool rewards for higher levels of support as well. But the rewards are just a thank you. What you're really getting for donating to Get Up In The Cool is the continued existence of the show. I wish I could just do it as a hobby, but I can't. Go now while you're listening to this to patreon.com slash getupinthecool linked in the show notes on your podcast app and choose a per episode support level that you can sustain. Small sustaining donations are much more helpful than large short-term donations. Thank you everyone who signs up and thanks to my supporters who've kept Get Up In The Cool going for the past three years. Don't go anywhere after the interview because this week's guest has an amazing new album coming out and after you hear her play, you will want to hear this new album. Also, I have a very special announcement for all the banjo players and aspiring banjo players who are listening. All right, let's get started. Here's my interview and jam with Laurel Primo. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Laurel Primo. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Hmm. Thank you, Cameron. Thanks yeah. for having me. What did we just play? Uh, we played a version of Lost Indian that my mom taught me um, when I was a little girl. So I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and this is the version that she knew it by. When I've when I've tried to dig around and find who else it sounds like, the closest one I, I came to was Violet Hensley's, and she's a Missouri fiddler. Yeah. But um. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like some versions of Dubuque. It sounds like yeah. some other things, but I've been I've been picking it up lately, and I thought it'd be a fun place to to start and introduce you where I was coming from. Yeah, with fiddle music. Yeah. So your mom is a fiddler. She was she a fiddler her whole life? Is she? Um, has she been? Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's alive problems. and well. Um, I don't. I don't know if she fiddled as a little girl, but definitely as a young adult. Um, she and my father lived in East Lansing for a while, and there was a lot of good um, traditional music going on there. They uh, became friends with a guy named Joel Mabus, who became a big extra teacher of mine, too, um, while living in that town. So it might have been around those times that she got into fiddle. Yeah. Uh, uh, did, did Dad play as well? Yeah. He, he uh, plays a lot of guitar, and he plays a little uh, banjo, too. Did you have a family band? Yes. Yeah, yeah. With my brother, who plays the double bass. Yeah. How long... I mean, do you still ever play together, all together? Um, not on stages. Yeah. But we, um, we make opportunities in several different ways to play together. Yeah. Um, like, when I go visit my parents, I'll play with them a little bit. They live in. They live mm, now about six hours away from me in Michigan, um, in the Upper Peninsula. But is it six hours? Kind of. How many hours are in the Upper Peninsula? I don't actually know. I think up to twelve. Up to twelve? Okay, yeah. just in up there. Oh, okay. sorry, in the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. In, in both peninsulas. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think you can drive up to twelve. Yeah. Probably more, but. Um, yeah. I lived in Kalamazoo for a long time, yeah. and it was about a nine-hour drive to my folks' house in the western UP. Yeah. Now it's about a six-hour drive now that I've moved north a little bit. Um, but yeah, we play we play in lots of different ways. I, I have found opportunities to make music with my brother recently, and also in kind of, I don't know, we, we plug into each other's projects. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, sometimes I, um, I love my family dearly. <laughs> And, and I'm not going to say but. I love my family dearly, and we have to connect in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> other yeah. than music. Um, sometimes they listen to the show, but yeah. But uh, I always, yeah, maybe maybe sometimes I've idealized uh, a musical family sometimes. But I guess I can make my own. You can. <laughs> maybe, if I play my cards right. Speaking yeah. of which, uh, yeah. the, the sort of like podcast within a podcast on, on Get Up in the Cool is... Uh, where I ask people who grew up playing music, um, specifically, were, were they uh, rebellious or like, what did their parents do to make them, uh, you know, not <laughs> hate music or hate them, you know, because sure. uh, I've asking for myself. Okay. <laughs> for my um, son. <laughs> well, I am certain that I play music today because of that introduction there. Yes. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was too young to join in, physically, you know, physically yes. not able yet to join in. I remember uh, listening, like, like, from the adjoining room and kind of pretending like I was playing along. So it was de definitely seeing it um, 
presented on its own made me want to join in. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's a, a little something. Mm. Showing it without allowing someone to want to come in themselves. Yes. Um, but also my parents were extremely supportive of me trying out a lot of different things and sounds and instruments. Like what? Um, I played I played the dobro with them a lot. Oh, awesome. That's just the one that comes to mind I because I remember, you. yeah, I don't have one anymore. Yeah. I kind of want to get at least like a, what do you call it, a lap steel. I want to get something so that I can exercise those muscles, but um, yeah. that, that was just the example that came to mind because I would, I would have ideas like, man, I saw Jerry Douglas on PBS and I'd be like, I, I think I really want to play a black dobro like Jerry Douglas. Yeah. And, and they so they helped me find, find that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So uh, they, they allowed me to request how I wanted to join in. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's I think really lovely. A, yeah. It'll be tough, but there's a lot of hope. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my advice for you. Who, who taught you fiddle first? Was it your mom? Yeah. How yeah. long did she teach you? And did you, I mean, did you have any like classical training or anything? I had some classical okay. training. Um, but she was the one teaching you. Like from, music. from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And like the, probably the first things I learned on the instrument were the, the simplest fiddle tunes that people learn. Which ones? Like old Joe Clark. Old Joe Clark. And Red Wing. Yeah. And I'm not sure what else. Some classics that, you know, span the lines between yeah. genres that are really popular. Um, and here's that old Joe Clark right now. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> going to do that. Um, I don't know if it's happened on the show. <laughs> I'm sure there's some cool versions. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. So that's that was my first taste into that instrument. Yeah. And, uh, and then some classical stuff later on. And then yeah. back to trad. <laughs> what are we playing next? Uh, we're going to play this. Uh, I think it was just the low fiddle, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to play this one on my t fiddle that's tuned just a little bit low. I'm in standard tuning, but about a step and a half down. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. 
just um I'm just playing that in standard tuning um, normally that that version which is kind of modeled after uh, Luther Strong's yeah, version yeah. a Kentucky version is in kind of a special um, e tuning but one day I was just fooling around with it on my fiddle when it was in standard tuning yeah. and that the open G string rang out in this interesting dissonant way yeah. and I just kind of kept exploring that and now here on your banjo you have your own version of that too so um just try, just yeah, try so and keep up <laughs> that version is just kind of a celebration of of how um i don't know how how standard can be exotic too yeah yeah it makes it sound it makes it sound a little bit less minor because mm -hmm. isn't it usually an e i never played it actually in the actual tuning, but it's an E on the bottom normally, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I played it once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> played it once like that. Oh, I like I'd... it that way a lot. Yeah. Hmm. Do you do you often do that? Play mm -hmm. tune your tune your um, instruments down? I got in the habit of carrying around this second fiddle um, pretty early on in Red Tail Ring's career. We just started singing some songs that were um, I think it was actually like traditional songs. Um, in the repertoire and I started singing that instead of the male voice yeah um, and they were easier in like C D and E for me yes or B flat um, yeah and so tuning my fiddle a step and a half low more around those keys of E and B flat so you didn't have to yeah. scream yeah it made, it, it, made yeah. it real nice and then cool. I got in the habit of mm. got in the habit of keeping it there and now now we play a lot in those keys so I kind of have to keep it around yeah, I really, I'm like hiding behind the <laughs> filter. So tell me about your mom. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, for those listening at home, I have these like 
very uh, ridiculous looking windscreens that look like little cats. Okay. We'll play so, another one on that low fiddle later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish more people uh, did that because I feel like there's a lot of source recordings that are like kind of dropped lower because yeah. either the fiddler liked it or they were just tuning it to itself and it happened to be flat. And yeah, like you just slowly really slipped down there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, records written about fiddlers in our country and in other countries, yeah. you know, who just had their fiddle not at A440. Yeah. And, um, and I really like playing down there. Even often, cross A tunes, I just play in cross G, just because that's where I liked. And if you have a regular scale banjo, it's all fine anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Red Tail Ring. Yeah. How long has Red Tail Ring been a band? A duo? A duo for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. How, how did you meet? How did we you meet met um, in the town of Ann Arbor, and we were both, I guess we kind of met in the Michigan music scene. We were both, you know, you bump into each other time and time again, and finally learn who each other are. Um, and we just kind of started playing because we were both interested in doing a project that was more based or inspired from traditional music. Um, how long is 10 years ago? 2009. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was mm-hmm. almost a different human then. Yeah. But, um... Oh, your cells are different. Been, all my cells were different. <laughs> we had been working in, um... Uh, we had both... He had been a songwriter and performing like that. And I was being a side person for a lot of different folks and doing a little songwriting myself. And both of us were just yearning to do something that was a little more traditional-based as well. Yeah. So we started this thing together and just kept going with it. So... Growing up playing fiddle in the Upper Peninsula, um, I would imagine you would have maybe a different experience than um, than people who grew up playing fiddle elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But I really don't know anything about what's going on culturally there um, and what the fiddle music is like or the dance. Um, and so, yeah, what did that what did that look like? Well, I mean, as an adult, the more I've tried to find out about it. Uh, the more I've realized it's such a crazy melting pot because so many different people are living there. Um, so addition, in addition to kind of the Midwestern and and even like a little bit of Benton Flippin that my mom was giving me as vitamins, um, <laughs> as well as some kind of like French-Canadian influence coming from the North, in addition to that kind of like general Midwestern style, a lot of my music was influenced um, from the Scandinavian immigrants, like the, the second generation Finnish immigrants that were dominant in the UP, like beautifully dominant uh, from our accents to kind of like the food and, yeah. and the dance hall culture was um, those kind of Scandinavian coupled dances and the music to accompany it. So yeah. I grew up learning that kind of music as the community dance. Yeah. Like polkas and shadishes and I have really no idea. I have no idea what that looks like. It's couple dances. Yeah. But are they like called or are they specific? Like or um, a few are called, but most of them are like improvised partner dances okay. that you have. You have some specific moves for, but then people have the ability to build on and show off and and present each other, and it's it's pretty beautiful stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it's all around you. I'm sure you could go find a Scandinavian dance. There, 
there, a couple blocks down in Portland. There is a nickel harpist who's trying to in Portland who's trying to get things going, and uh, I haven't attended one yet. I'm excited to, but yeah, you know, it's hard to get out of the house sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least with kids. Yeah. Um, what are there? Is it just Scandinavia in general that is represented, or like, are there any specific, um, specific traditions? Oh, um, for whatever reason, I think that more Norwegians moved to Wisconsin. Yeah. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely more of that there. Yeah. And a, a little bit more of Finnish people moved to the Upper Peninsula. Okay. Yeah, but they all mix, and everyone plays each other's music. And yeah. Yeah, but I think that they just moved to these places because they were very similar to home. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Rocky fields, woods with um, birch trolls. trees in them. <laughs> yeah, plenty of trolls to spare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I find myself really liking their places too, yeah. because I grew up in the place that looked like their home, right? And and you and you have at least played some Scandinavian music, if not maybe specifically studied it. Like yeah. I, lo- I love your album with the nickel harpist where you're playing uh, banjo and, and fiddle, I believe. Thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, it, I was, I was listening to like Spotify and uh, listening to nickel harp of music. And then it just came up and, uh, and I was like, Oh, there's a there's a banjo. I'm <laughs> so impressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a beautiful album. Thanks. When did when did you start playing that music? Was that, was that collaboration the start the start of that, of you exploring that music? No, that that was actually the happy reunion of that music in my life. I had okay. gone to um, during my college years. I had gone to Finland for a study abroad, just to study some fiddle with Arto Järvala, who's a really great fiddler over there. And um, and I are, are you are you like ethnically a Finn Finnish? I'm not. No, okay. I'm not. Yeah, I'm French Canadian, and my mom is a little bit Danish, so I have some Scandinavian roots, but just kind of a wild Midwestern sure. person. Sure. Um, but the no influence, roots, yeah, in your life and in the, your environment, yeah. is Finnish. Yeah, and yeah. that caused me to. Yeah. Um, be attracted to Finnish fiddle music as the first fiddle music that I got really excited about. And it was only after studying that that I kind of got, maybe it was because I was studying so deeply fiddle, fiddle music for the first time that I then saw the things that keep me uh, mesmerized in American fiddle music now. Like it took the lens of learning about open tunings or um, microtones in, in their music to help me realize it in American music. <sighs> So I'm grateful for it. Hmm. Did you? I have this uh, idea of Midwestern fiddlers as like typically s- staying in standard tuning, and maybe not doing a lot of cross tuning. I that don't know might, if that's that accurate. might be normal. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. So like, were you? Did you have the the aspects of uh, American folk music, uh, fiddle music that you're in love with now? Yeah. Like, did. You, did you, how much of that was in your uh, yeah upbringing, or did you? Or I think that's too complicated. Okay. Yeah, I think the data would be too difficult to to look into. Let's map it out. Let's <laughs> threads on the wall. Okay. Uh, what do you want to play next? 
Um, I, I picked out a Midwestern tune for us to Perfect. play. So this is fun. This is an Illinois tune from Harvey Taylor that's called Wolf Creek. Yeah.
Wow, what a cool tune. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I figured out while we were playing it that I think it needs to end on the A part. Oh, I'm glad, well I'm glad I listened. Well followed, yeah. Well it's like followed. she's giving the foot. Is she giving it early? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love, I love that. Um, I love tunes that have very few notes and just kind of swir oh, swirl yeah. around. Yeah, almost like less notes than a whole scale even. Yeah. What we consider a scale. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well yeah, said. Yeah, just like a little five-note scale or something. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I love G. Wait, so is that a G modal tune traditionally, or I I don't remember which don't, fiddle you're playing. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm playing it in G right now. Okay, I don't cool. remember what the recording was in. Oh, okay. But I think he was playing in cross. I was pretty sure. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that uh, I think I found that one on the Dear Old Illinois collection, which was collected by Gary Harrison and some other folks. Oh, wonderful. All over Illinois. Long ass state. Yeah. Long ass state. I finally got to meet them. You, oh, yeah, yeah. You met with Genevieve? Yeah. Wonderful. This is so great. And gay. Cool. He's now my favorite. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Have you been a, a professional musician, a mus musician only for work for the entire, those 10 years or longer? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, after I graduated college. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. Another new podcaster than a podcast <laughs> that yeah. I've been asking professional musicians yeah. since I've recently transitioned into being self-employed doing ah. music is um, uh, how uh, to not burn out and have a bad time yeah. and be really stressed and start hating music. Uh, I was wondering if you had any advice for me <laughs> and maybe in the form of personal experience and um, stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're asking a lot of people about that. Yeah, I think it's something that you really need to care for. And even non-musicians, I think. Yeah, anything you love, right? Yeah. You uh, seem to still like music. You're having a. I you sure do. You seem to be having a nice time now yeah, playing music. I sure do. I feel like when I get a little lost from it or start getting a little dark with it, uh, I like to always remind myself and kind of return to the idea of it being being a service job being a service to people yeah um and that's and that makes you feel like you're in the right spot again like that's Ooh. that's most easy to see when you're playing for a dance right right because you're like, specifically facilitating a bunch of people yeah. touching each other and moving their bodies so, yeah. yeah and and some good time for them that you're yeah. just being the motor of yeah but um but the same goes for performing too like you can think about that as simply trying to help those people that came to the show they they came you know because they need help because well because they they wanted something other than what was in their home right they yeah. needed some art they need but they they're not coming because they need help they're coming um they're taking the brave step out of their door right yes out, away from the television so um yeah and you're you have to make them comfortable yeah. outside yeah they're Fortress. <laughs> that is hard. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, just just kind of remembering that you're doing it, you're doing it for other people to help them have a good time, to help them feel something. Yeah. Um, and and stay plugged in. If it's if it's hard to remember that in one of those modes, just to stay plugged into the multiple ways that music can be used, like playing for dances or playing for people. Or saving a little music just for yourself as well. What do you, are you saving any music for yourself right now? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> if it's a secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you don't have to play it. But like, 
I mean, do you ever like just like listen to non trad music things oh, to yeah. like? Oh yeah. yeah. But I meant simply simply like a practice. Save yeah. one of the parts of your practice just for yourself. Yeah. I don't know. Good. Hmm. You got me thinking about service. <laughs> what that <laughs> means? Yeah. Uh, um, do you like serving? Like, it, you, do you enjoy that aspect of it? Does that give you something? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't feel like a bad word to me. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like a, a word that allows me to take the focus away from myself. And that's, I think that's part of my personality, is that I yes. am not wanting the light shining on me. I'm in this because I really like making stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's where I fit into this whole crazy puzzle I just really love to make stuff and I can't stop and um, so having it be this thing that I'm doing for other people for you know making an experience that other people can enjoy that helps me feel good inside of that thanks for the advice it's pretty winding yeah um, we'll play one more Midwestern tune together um, this one comes from Missouri from the Morrison brothers big thanks to Betsy Ellis for pointing me in their direction. Thanks, Betsy. Thanks, Betsy. You're, you're the bomb.
came. Yeah, the Crippled Turkey. I forgot to say the name of the song. Crippled Turkey. Perfect, right? Yeah. Perfect for the... It limps a little looping. bit in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. Ah, a regular, so fun. A regular part. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that a nice tune? Yeah. Hmm. You have an album coming out uh, yeah. this fall. And yeah. I'm assuming we'll coordinate this release with, with whenever that is happening. It's going to be October 11th. Okay, great. Yep. Not a retail ring album. No, it's, yeah, it's a solo project of mine that I've been working on the last year or so. It, I guess it's a solo project, but really it's a trios project um, that'll probably be a performing act called the Laurel Primo Trio. But it's this repertoire that I put together um, taking uh, traditional fiddle music uh, and a few original songs and pairing it with uh, upright bass as kind of the second fiddle. And Your big, brother? Yes, I, yeah. I worked with my brother on that, as well as um, fingerstyle electric guitar as the other instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it should be interesting. I actually chose quite a few tunes that somewhat fit in with the tunes we've been delighted by today in terms of limited amount of notes kind of just roaming around circling around minimal minimal tunes yeah, yeah. are you playing the guitar on it or someone else the the main guitarists on it are a gentleman named owen marshall uh who's from maine and he's a he's a great guitarist uh that plays primarily in irish traditional music and um graciously picked up a telly to play with me on yeah. this like took the chance that I wanted to give to him because I liked his voice and fiddle music so that was a very kind thing thanks Owen and then I also worked with um, a guy named Josh Davis who's a Michigander who's really well known for his work with Steppin' In It but now with his own solo work he's an amazing singer so those are the main guitarists on it um, and where, where do people go to um, to like you know buy all your stuff oh my, my old-fashioned website is a nice home base uh, old-fashioned i mean just simply it's As a, a it's yeah. a website <laughs> it's like a geo cities um, yeah <laughs> your uh, zanga yeah page um <laughs> <laughs> only 90s kids uh, it's just my name laurelprimo.com and you can kind of read about the wild wild combination of things i'm working on yeah. there um and Instagram is the social media I kind of keep up and keep in touch with people on. Yeah, so it'll be some information there. Thank you so much for um, giving up part of your clip top to do something scheduled. Yeah, my pleasure. Mine too. My pleasure. I'm so, <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> it's so loud. Oh my god. <laughs> so the rain is going to accompany us on this last one that I arranged. This will kind of be a taste into the repertoire that I picked out for that record we were just talking about. Great. This is a, um, a version of old-time old Sally Gooden from Hiram Stamper. That's what he called it, old-time Sally Gooden. Maybe denoting that it was a more archaic version. Yes. Um, and this is a really beautiful rendition that he did.
Go to laurelprimo.com to pre-order her album, The Iron Trios, which is available this Friday, October 11th. You can get the physical CD, a download, and the extended notes on the album, a 36-page color 5.5 by 8.5 booklet, which illuminates biographical details from sources and includes Laurel's discussion and musical scores from her own work in interpreting and arranging the music in the Iron Trios. And while you're waiting for that to come out, take a look around the website for more info on Laurel and links to her other projects like Red Tail Ring. That's laurelprimo.com. Check the episode title for spelling or just follow the link in the show notes on your podcast app. Also linked in the show notes is patreon.com slash getupinthecool, the best way to support the show, especially during Get Up In The Cool month. Remember, the show needs small, sustaining donations, so if you enjoy the show and can afford it, please chip in. Lastly, to all the banjo players and aspiring banjo players out there, I'm excited to announce my instructional video series, Pitchfork Banjo. For this first season of lessons, I'm focusing on beginner claw hammer technique, basic tunes, and old-time jam readiness, and I'm offering a special price while the archive is still young and growing. I'm launching it on Friday, so make sure to like and follow Pitchfork Banjo's Facebook page now so you'll be the first to know when the website is live. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.